Amen. Today I want to talk to us about only by grace. Um, let's start this way. This message is triggered by a passage of the scripture that started a question. So we're going to try and answer a few questions, okay? Down a bit. Try and answer a few questions. Maybe about three questions and then probably give us a few points to go home with. So um, let's read our text together, everyone. You know how I like us to read together. If there's anyone with the microphone, whoever's got the microphone today can always read. But no problem if you can't, we'll read it together. It's just this. To go. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now as much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and what? And trembling. What does the scripture mean? What is Paul trying to say here? Work out what? Does it not sound like Paul is saying that you are the one that should work out your salvation? Does that passage of the scripture? I find that scripture sometimes also interpreted in a contradictory way, in my opinion. Why should I say it's a bit contradictory? Because the same Paul who wrote that passage of the scripture is the one who's telling us it's only by grace. I mean, the songs that we just sang, things like only Christ is enough, and, and songs like uh, your grace is enough, all these things are inspired by the right letters of Paul. It's the Paul's writing that teaches us clearly that it's not you, it's God. But how come Paul is again now talking about that? Walk out your salvation. Okay? This is a good reason why it's always good to read the scripture in context. Why am I saying that? Because I've also heard someone preach the scripture. You could just take that verse and preach it. If you don't read it in context, it might mean something else completely. And people could receive something else different. Yeah? So we're going to try and deal with it by answering questions. But before we answer those questions, let's look at what is the meaning of translation. Not translation. The meaning of the meaning of salvation. Okay, dictionary says it this way. Dictionary says that salvation is... Okay. <laughs> What's going on? Okay. Salvation is what it says uh, in Christianity. Salvation is the fact that Christ has what? Saved a person from evil. Then salvation of someone or something is the act of saving them from harm destruction or unpleasant situation. Now, if someone is saying to me, walk out your salvation, then that contradicts what even that meaning of the dictionary meaning. Why do I mean say that? Because it says Christ saving someone from, from what? Can anyone save themselves from evil? Or can you save yourself from harm? You might say yes, destruction. This might mean, yeah, maybe, but we'll look into that further. Okay, so the question, the first question we're going to answer here is that can we work out our salvation? Yeah, go, have it, go, say. Okay, 
Okay, so that's what, so someone is saying, um, my brother saying that what Paul is saying there is that it's not just saying work out your salvation, it's that now that you've got it, you figure it out. That's what you're saying, isn't it? Okay, figure out what to do with the salvation now that you've got it. It becomes useless. So that's, that's an understanding there that if you don't do anything with your salvation, it becomes useless. And to some extent, it's got a point. Okay, so, but that could also be meant that if you don't do anything at all, God wouldn't save you. In other words, it's actually what you're doing that makes God save you. That could also be read the opposite way straight away. So you see what I mean? And that's the danger of that scripture. And I'm thinking, Paul, awesome. But the, you only if you read it in context that you understand. So can we save ourselves? Can we work out our salvation? The answer is no, we can't. You can't. You can't save yourself. Why is that? You can't save ourselves. Okay? So moving on. Question number two. Why can't we save ourselves? Huh? Only what? Simple. Mankind can't save themselves. So we need to try and understand what we're going to work out. If Paul is saying that we, there's something to work out, we need to try and understand what to work out because it can't be saving yourself. Yeah? Is it that Christ is enough or he's not enough? We have to understand. That's why I love that song. Christ is enough. has to be Christ is enough. The cross is enough. has to be the cross is enough. It can't be the cross is almost enough, 95% enough. I now need to you know, make, make up what the cross couldn't do. Do you get it? So that's, that's the be what I want to drive. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to drive in this message. So moving on. So why am I saying that? Look at what Paul now said in the next verse. For it is who? It is God who works. Someone have just t- told you, work out your salvation. And then now, almost like he's contradicting himself all of a sudden. For it is who? God who works in you both to do what? And to do his good pleasure. This is to will, means to desire. Yeah? And this is how he says um, in, in the Amplified Version. He says, not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while, effect all the while, even when you didn't know it, effectually at work in you, energizing, creating the power, creating in you the power to desire, both to will and to work. So even though you are working, it's not you working. At the end of the day, still God saving. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, question number three. Yeah? So question number three, how then will God work out our salvation daily? Or how would God work our, out our daily salvation? Because I think Paul is talking about daily something here. Because by saying work out your salvation with trembling and with fear, he's talking about something you're doing every time. For it is God who has put the desire in you and is the same one who has given you, who has given you the power to do it. So how would God do that for us? It's what I've already said already. 
through what? Desire and action. Desire and action. That is how God works out our daily salvation. He first of all puts the desire in you. He first of all puts the hunger in you. He first of all puts that feeling. Maybe you used to not pray. All of a sudden you start thinking, you know, I should pray. It might take three months before you get there. But the desire starts somewhere. Maybe I should pray. Maybe I should pray. Maybe I should pray. You turn on the TV. They're saying, pray in the morning. You, you go, you see, even, 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 um, uh, even you, you put even worldly music. Bon Jovi. Living on prayer. <laughs> you know that song, Living on Prayer. You don't know the song? Oh, you guys are so Christians. I'm so worldly. Oh, my goodness. This is why I need more prayer. Can you guys do it? <laughs> you don't know living on prayer. Eh? Oh, living on prayer. Take my hand. We can't wait there. Oh, living on prayer. Of course. Oh, you, now I feel like part of the family. <laughs> no, but that's what I mean. You turn on even the normal radio and they tell you you're living on prayer. He's sowing that seed. That's God working the desire in you. Yeah? Desire leads action. Action never happens without a desire. Now you could still do something spontaneously without necessarily fully desiring that. But that kind of action doesn't last. So you could get some people who just come into a place, atmosphere of worship, and because it's happening, the move of God, the presence of God, the power of God is there, they, they just worship, you know, they even cry. But would they sustain that? No. They go back to their old ways. Why? Because they never really had the desire. How God works out our salvation is by first of all, implanting the desire in us. You might do it with friends. Bring a friend around you or someone, you start admiring someone, but the way the person lives the life is challenging your life. The desire, you start wanting what they want. Slowly but surely you change. This is exactly what happened to me. When I moved from my old church to, to my wife's church, which is Pastor, how many of us know Pastor Gideon? Lou? You know Pastor Emmanuel. When I went, st started going to their church, and of course I started becoming friends with my wife, so she's a then, <laughs> my wife now, and her sister, and her younger, and her elder, elder brother. So I became family friends with them. Now I've been a Christian all, for many years, by the way, at, the, at this point. But I never quote any scripture. I never remember any passage of the scripture. Why? Because of the kind of friends I had in that church I was. The kind of friends I had was friends who didn't do that, who were not that devoted. So I was like that. But immediately I became friends with these new people. I started desiring it. I remember when my, either my wife or her brother or her younger sister, when they say something, they always have to add a scripture. In Matthew 5, 17, Jesus, Jesus said, in John 10, Jesus said this one. And I'm like thinking, I can't even remember any particular passage of the scripture. 
And that was what God did for me. But then I didn't know. I started desiring what they had. Actually, at some point, I spoke it out to God. I would like to be like them. Six months. Six months of being friends, family friends with them. My goodness, they were looking up to me. Not because of anything, but I grew so fast in the things of God from not remembering any scripture to now words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy. Why? God planted the desire, but he did it with a connection with a friend. This you see in every area. I have no desire initially for anything to do with business until I met that young man, Simon Teague. The desire then started coming. But that's how God changes us. Amen. Okay. So you get it. I dwelt a bit there. So again, that's the scripture for that. To will means to desire and to do. That's of course trying to explain further that desire means what? God working inside us to want something what? And the desire to be a good person. So some things he could be just even wanting something good, but also it's also the desire to be a better person. The way God changed me being a father, and I'm not, I haven't arrived, is by putting desire in me to be a better father. Again, I'm talking about salvation that will last. We're not talking about just one minute you're good, another minute you're gone with the wind. And action is God leading us by who? His Holy Spirit performing to perform those good deeds. So one, the desire comes, but also it follows it by action. But how does those action come? The Holy Spirit leads. I didn't plan for you guys to pray for me this morning. But as worship was going on, God said to me, tell the church to pray for you. Yeah? And then when I did that, then God now, oh, that's all he needed. He needed me to obey. He needed me to follow that. And I'm just here listening to all you guys praying and God was just saying so many things. Why? What happened there? There was a promise that is hanging for me that he wanted to tell me, but he wanted me to come into alignment, be in position where he could say that. You get my point? Okay, I know you're a bit curious. What is it that God said? I give you, I give you no secret. He said to me, stay humble and I will elevate you. Stay humble with your church, this church I've given you. Don't think of yourself any higher than anybody here. And watch me, I will elevate you beyond your imaginations. So I was just there thinking, oh my goodness. I didn't think when God said pray, come on for the church to pray for you. I didn't mean, it means nothing to me. I didn't think of it any bigger. But he started telling me how, what that meant to him. Amen. I'm revealing my <laughs> life now. Anyway, moving on. Okay, so we're going to try and get to the main points for today. And God help us. So if we can't work out our salvation, what should we do then? Because Paul was saying something there. Does it mean we do nothing? It also doesn't mean that, but we need to know what we can do. Let's not attribute what we can't do. 
Work out your salvation with fear and trembling doesn't mean you are the one working out your salvation. That's my main point. Please go, go home with this. Okay? But I can show you what you can do. Even in line with that same scripture we read. And Paul Paul is talking about. Number one, you can do what? Why? Because salvation is a free gift. You don't, you don't work for salvation. It contradicts scripture in every sense of it. It will contradict scripture. And I urge you not to accept or even receive the kind of message that hints towards that. Christ is what? Enough. What he has done is what? Enough. It is free for us to what? Receive. It's a gift. Or else, if I pray five hours and you are not even able to pray five seconds, then I'm more saved than you are. Do you get my point? Yes. No, I'm not. It's not based on my works or your works. Hallelujah. But I can tell you what it could be based on, as, which is, a, I hinted a little bit, alignment, coming into where he wants you to be. Uh, okay, that would take me into another big rabbit trail <laughs> because I could see straight away message coming from, we have to do another message called alignment. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is what? A free gift. So you receive it. The scripture for this is what? God saved you by his grace when you did what? Believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. That's in Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 8 to 9 and verse 9. It says salvation is not a reward for good things you've done. Okay? It's not a good thing for what you've done. So none of you can boast. That's why nobody can really say, you know, I don't know why all these people are not saved. How dare you? You're not, you didn't save yourself. All these people, they're sinners. They're not saved. Why these sinners can't be saved? No, you didn't save yourself. Amen. God needs to bring us to that place of humility in the body or else we're not going to be the the tool for salvation. That's why, remember I mentioned it last week. The reason why Jesus could say, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing is because he th really believes they don't know what they're doing. If they know what I know, they won't be doing this. Amen. So, and I just want to remind us this. This is very important. Receiving salvation means what? Receiving Deliverance, receiving freedom, wisdom, health, health, wealth, eternal life, glory, and every good thing you can think of that comes from God. The word salvation covers all these things. This is what I loved when Amy was doing communion. It says, eat that body, drink that blood. And everything is yours to enjoy. Amen. Salvation is yours to enjoy. But, but the important thing here is that, remember I said it's a free what? It's like, who wants a free gift here? Anyone want a free gift? You have a condition. Come and get it. 
Thank you. Welcome. That's a free gift for you. You know what just happened here? The only condition God has put to this free gift is where it's positioned in Christ. So, all this is positioned in Christ. The only thing you do is to go get it. How do you go and get it? By faith. Do you understand what I mean? You can go get healing. That's healing. You could come and get healing. Or you could come and get different color, which is, this could be what? Wisdom? <laughs> Wisdom. And if you look at this, it has all those things. But all of them is what? Salvation. And all of them is what? Free gift. Now, here's the point. Let no one tell you fast and pray so that you could receive healing. Fast and pray so that you could receive deliverance. Fast and, you know, work this well, you know, until you fasted seven days. Then you could receive salvation. That's not true. It is a misconception of what God has done for us. All of them are what? Free. Inside salvation, you have deliverance, freedom, wisdom, health, wealth, eternal life, glory. That's life to come. But actually, forget all that. That means good car, good house, good wife, good children, strong family, strong health, anything good you can think of. Why? Because Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have life what? More abundantly. And they are all all you need to do is just come and get it. And then you just keep peeling the box. And then why don't we just share that for those who... And let people just have deliverance, freedom. The interesting thing about this is that you have all that. You have received salvation, but you can actually share it. Just like Soludo has got sweet now. He could open up and... <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm not sharing. <laughs> nah, not yet. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You can share that for salvation. You can share deliverance. And that's why he says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Do you get my point? That's why he says, um, pray for those who, who don't ha have or give to those who don't have. So what you're giving, you're giving out of the salvation you've received. Which salvation? Not the one you have worked out yourself. Is the one that he has put the desire in you and then he is leading you still by his spirit to do it. Can I just say something here? I'm, I know I'm struggling with time, but no problem. Let me say something here. Uh, maybe. Come on. Hold it, King. You say it later. Let's move on. <laughs> Point number two. <laughs> you can see I was getting really excited there. Point number two is something I've talked about last week. We do what? We can humble ourselves before God. Remember, I'm talking about what you can do. Since we've already said what you can't do, you can't save yourself. You can't work out your salvation. Because Paul even said, for it is God, in the next line, who's working it in you. Okay? 
But this is what he's saying you could do. You could humble yourself before God. Why is that? How do you do that? A simple way of doing this is talk to God. I, I like to put that bracket because I personally call prayer talking to God. Amen. Because for me, you know what it does to me? Replacing the word prayer for talk is that it, it puts me in a mode of conversation. Okay? It puts me constantly when I'm with God in a mode of conversation. I feel like I say something, he's going to say something back. I don't feel like I've come to ramble on and on to this God who's, who's waiting for me for, to speak for one hour and then he say one word. And then he waits for me to speak for five hours and then he say one word. I don't think that's the kind of God we serve. Amen. Why? Because we're not living in the Old Testament when they don't have the Holy Spirit living in them. What is the, Jesus called? God with us, Emmanuel. God is with us now. So you talk to him, he will talk to you back if you believe. Amen. I just hope you get this empowerment. I believe the Holy Spirit is empowering us in every area. It's covering a lot of areas that I didn't even think he would cover. Do everything without complaining. That's what I said, humble yourself. This is what Paul said in the next verse. Yeah? He said, do everything without complaining and arguing. In James, James put it this way, but he gives us more and more grace, power to power of the Holy Spirit to meet the evil tendencies and all their other all other fully, the power power of the Holy Spirit to meet this evil tendency and all other all others fully. Okay, all other foolishness. Fully, isn't it? Everyone fully, yeah? No. That's all evil tendencies, fully. Yeah, that's what, yeah. I got it right then. <laughs> that, that is why he says, God sets himself against what? The proud and haughty. But gives grace continually to the lowly, those who humble, who are humble enough to what? What's point number one? Receive. It's a free gift. But you can't receive if you're not humble. Maybe this should have been point number two. But I can tell you, he also puts the desire as well in us to become humble. But God will not humble you. You do it. You know what? God will humiliate you, not humble you. <laughs> if you are the proud, he will not humble you. It will be more of a humiliation and then you humble yourself after being humiliated. Ask Nebuchadnezzar. Even ask people in the New Testament as well. If you exalt yourself above what God wants you to exalt yourself, you'll be humiliated. Then you will now humble yourself. You learn the desire by force to humble yourself. So I'm giving us what you can do, what's within your power, yeah, to do. Okay, moving on. Um, thank you, Jesus. Point number three, you can, let's get, you can do what? Hold on to God's word. I'm not making this up, Paul said it. What that will mean is stay in faith. All, this, all of this is what Paul said in that same passage. 
Look at it. The next verse, he says, Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain, that my work was not useless. Why is Paul saying that? He's saying it because he knows if we don't hold on to what God has given us, that you can do. God cannot hold you, do that bit for you. He could get to put the desire in you, but you're going to have to hold that. What that means, stay believing. Stay in faith. One of the ways to do that is stay in good relationships. If you're finding yourself that you're derailing away from things of God, look at your friends again and change friends. Amen. Look for people who, 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 are, who you feel like are better than you in one area or the other, business, whatever sphere. Amen. And then you find yourself start changing or you find yourself in alignment again. Okay, so Jesus put it this way. I like the way, you know, J James is a little bit harsh, but Jesus is... Okay, let me tell you why I put this. Okay, move on. So he says, Jesus was saying to the Jews who have believed in him, if you abide in what? My word, continually obeying my teachings and living in accordance with them, then you are truly my... You will then do what? Regarding what? Salvation. And then the truth will do what? So it's not... This, I said that to let you know the word of God can set you free, so hold on to it. It's not us that sets ourselves free. But holding on to that word of God, God uses the power of the word of God through the Holy Spirit to push us to where he wants us to be. Listen, I'm, because of time, in conclusion, I want to encourage us that God empowers us to do his will. That's what this message is about. Initially, I called this message Empowering Grace. But I find that it's better to call it only by grace. Whether you're reading the scripture that says, work out your salvation. Yes, 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 yes. I'll work it out by God's grace. By the help of the Holy Spirit. Yeah? So I just want to encourage us to trust God. He says in, verse, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, but whatever I am now, it is all because of because God poured out his special favor on me. Not without result. This is important. Paul is always finding himself as if he's contradicting himself. He says, all that I am is God. But he says, hang on a minute. He, in his mind, he thought, he thought, hang on a minute. There's time I, I should have went to party, but I didn't go. I denied myself party. You know, he thought of what he did as well. He said, no, without results. For I worked harder than who? Than any other. So he did work hard. Yet it is not. <laughs> that's what kind of contradiction is this? One minute is, no, I worked. Oh, no, no, hang on. It's not me that worked. It's not me that worked. It's what God who was working through me by his word. Amen. Amen. So it's, how do, I, how do I say it? It's not that you're not doing anything, but it's the fact that whatever you're doing is by. His grace. How do we know that? Again, I've told you, how does, God save, how does God work out our salvation daily? By giving us what? The desire. He implants the desire. Some people, it takes 20 years for them to get that desire. 
God forbid that they run out of time. But some people, it takes that long. Maybe you're in a relationship and you're crying out to God, change my wife, change my wife, change my wife. But she's never changing. Before this woman stare me down, change my husband, change my husband. <laughs> and he's never changing. But if you, you who are praying will say, God, you know what? I let this go for you. God has someone who put a desire in that man. He might do it by bringing a friend. Once he brings that friend, put that desire, you will see slowly but surely that man is going to change. Amen. Because desire leads what? Our action. So work hard to do. This is what you can work hard on. Receive what? Say that, guys. Receive what? Salvation. Humble ourselves before God. That's what we could do. And what else we can do? We can hold on to God's word. Amen. Is that very, very clear? We're going to read one more scripture before as we go. Why I say that is so you to know this scripture. Bible says that no flesh will glory in God's presence. Do you understand what I mean? Do you understand what that scripture means? Nothing produced out of you, out without the Holy Spirit, can stand before God. This is what Jesus was telling Nicodemus. Except a man is, first of all, born of water, referring to being a human being, yeah, natural birth, and then born of the Spirit, you can never enter God's kingdom. It has to be done by God for it to please God. And that's why Jesus came. Before the foundation of the world, he came to do that which will please the Father. Amen. Why? Because we lost our dominion. We didn't have any way of saving ourselves. Bible says it so that no one may be able to boast in the presence of God, but it is from him, God, that you are in Christ. It's from who? God. Who became to us what? Wisdom from God, revealing his plan of salvation and righteousness, making us acceptable to God and sanctification, making us holy, setting us apart. So even being holy, he's the one that does that as well. You can't, you can't take credit of anything. And redemption prove, providing our ransom from the penalty of sin. Amen. Now may the God of peace who brought us from the dead, our, who brought from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an internal, eternal covenant with his blood. May he do what? May he equip you. Or with, sorry, may he equip you with all you need to do his will. May he produce in you. Through the power of Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him, all glory to him forever and ever. Amen. That's a scripture to remember. It is God that will produce that will please him in you. Last week I told you my stories, some of my stories. 
I will never come to the point where I'm going to say, you know what, I'm meek now because I am awesomely meek. No. I am who I am because of Christ. Are you denying yourself things because of him? Yes, you are. But he's the one that put that desire in you. And he's the one by his spirit that gives you the strength to do it. What this means is that if we understand that, you will be merciful to those who are struggling. Amen. It's the lack of understanding of this that makes us judgmental towards people. When you see people who say, oh yeah, yeah, but, but, they, but, they, but they know what they were doing. No, 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 don't tell me that. They know what they were doing. It's because you actually think you're, when you've done wrong yourself, or when you're doing right, that it's because of your power that you're doing those things. You guys look like you're, you don't understand what I'm saying now. An understanding that all that you are, every good thing that you've received, every good behavior that you're showing, an understanding that you're actually not the one doing that, puts you in a place of mercy towards those who are struggling in that same place. An understanding that you are wealthy, you're doing well in business, but it is God who has put that desire in you, whether as a small boy, and have led you all the way to succeed, makes you merciful to the homeless person who, yes, is on drugs. He's doing things that you could see clearly that's not helping him, but you stay merciful. Why? Because if the desire comes, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. If God puts the desire in them, like he's put in you, and nurture him with good friends, and lead him little by little, maybe good family, good loved one, good wife, they'll probably be better than you in status, in wealth, in riches. What am I saying? This is God in a different way saying, guys, humble yourself because I want to use you. Amen. I want to use you. Understand that it's only by grace that we could be do anything for him. Is that very clear? We're going to stop there. Father, we thank you. We give you praise for this time and this message that you brought to us. I pray, God, that no heart here and listening online, maybe if someone may be listening online, oh, this is no new, this is the same message they've heard before, but you're, re you're reinforcing this to us. You're reminding us again and again, <laughs> lest we forget, that it's you that has kept us, that it's you that has brought us this far. And God, may this be always at the forefront of our minds so that we, whenever we wake up, we say, God, thank you for saving me again. The salvation doesn't become something so easy, so, so nothing, like it means nothing, as if we've got there just by ourselves. No, so that when each morning we wake up, we can say again, amazing grace, how sweet the Son has saved a wretch like me. We thank you so much for this. I pray, God, that this word will strengthen your people, will encourage, will equip. And those who are watching on, listening online, God, right now, who are thinking, hang on a minute, but that's not what I've been taught all my life. I pray that God will strengthen you and give you wisdom to receive his word. Just take him by his word and just enjoy the adventure that is yet to come. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.